0: Haley, Catherine, do you know how we got our podcast started so fast?
1: How? We use the Anchor app. What's the Anchor app?
0: Well, it's a really cool app. It's completely free and it'll distribute your podcast to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more.
1: Wow, it literally does all the work for you pretty much. Basically.
0: Yeah, and you can make money on your podcast. It's free. It's completely free. Anything you need to make your podcast will be all on Anchor.
1: Wow, they're more dependable than anyone in my life so i mean
0: (laughs) you said it (laughs) um so if you guys are interested in starting a podcast download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started that's a-n-c-h-o-r.fm to get started thanks
1: find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network Oh, hi. If you're looking for another spooky and funny podcast to add to your rotation, check out Anything Bones, now part of the Moth Network. Hey, Boneheads, I'm Sophie Schwartz. And I'm Caitlin Hart. And we're the hosts of Anything Bones, the podcast where we talk about bones and bone-related topics. Soph,
0: what are bone-related topics?
1: Thank you for asking, Caitlin. This can be anything from mausoleums to murderers, famous skeletons to cadaver dogs, bone churches, mummies, serial killers. You'll hear about them all. And sometimes we have guests stop by and tell us their favorite bony tales. Check out Anything Bones on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or wherever your little heart desires. We release new episodes every Saturday. Bone voyage. Hey, what's, what's up, up, you guys? guys? That was hey. impeccable.
0: I'm Catherine, and I'm Haley, and we are Saturdays for the Ghouls,
1: a Podmauth podcast.
0: We're going to do some campfire in a minute, but we didn't want to chat with you about CryptoCon. It was really fun. It's a horror convention here in Seattle. Haley, open the story up.
1: <laughs> so we all worked that day. <laughs> Fast
0: forward, like, triple speed. <laughs> we're not even at the con yet. We're late <laughs> at this point. <laughs>
1: we were late. A little
0: bit. Um,
1: oh, So the girl paid extra money to park there because also we were staying there long story short there's no parking at the hotel other than you know getting there as soon as we got like settled in and everything we did eventually find a parking spot we literally had to like show our tits a little bit to get the guy to let us park there (laughs) (laughs) sorry so we're in the
0: we're in the hotel room (laughs) Finally, (laughs) finally yeah
1: finally we get all settled in
0: and then when you get in there's like shops galore and there's, like, events every hour. And panels. Panels. So classes, we, yeah. Yeah. Whatever you can think of that you could do spooky-wise. We went to a podcast seminar. Mm-hmm. We went to some other cool things we'll talk about. Um, me and Catherine were VIPs. <laughs>
1: whoop, whoop. whoop go
0: VIP. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm not spending enough to be platinum. I don't under,
1: Like, literally, the only difference was you got to go to the celebrity night party. And I'm going to say
0: that the celebrities probably didn't show up. Huh?
1: Maybe. They did not come to our gold see, celebrity
0: brunch. I, I don't <laughs> see
1: Roger L. Jackson. Yeah,
0: hanging out at a night like, party.
1: little, little <laughs> 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 Like at the, the right. nightclub.
0: Right. So that night we went in and we went shopping. Of course, we went and like tried to peruse the... Um, shops and then we went to what we wanted to do that night which was the scream queens drag show but we didn't realize we probably should have should have skipped the shopping first and then went in and got seats because it was packed but we have vip seats so we could have sat in the front
1: yeah but we didn't want to leave our our normies behind
0: behind, so
1: who just got the weekend pass yeah (laughs) it's also not their thing they
0: they're not horror people. No, they're not even remotely spooky people. Yes, yeah, so we went to the drag show. It was impeccable. So many amazing.
1: She's my chair. Oh pet. my gosh, I forgot about that. How could
0: you? Bro- no, 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 no.
1: Uh, lots of um. There was some drag queens,
0: and there was there was um the oh my god the the, the what was it called crew the crypt crew the crypt crew that were all. Shirtless and mostly bottomless, um, <laughs> scream <laughs> ghost
1: faces. <laughs> so it was like, oh, it was they, it, it was everything I've ever dreamed of. <laughs> they had every male body type. you Any could kind ever of love. male body type you want,
0: like a big thickums, like some mm. skinny boys, like everything. And then um, the the person who hosted it, she did Chucky and uh, Freddy Krueger. Um, it was really I'm, fun.
1: One of them, um, she did a full bodysuit oh, yeah. and she did Buffalo Bill. <laughs> yes. And yeah. the bodysuit had a dick and on a it. Wiener. A little wiener. A little, a little wiener. A <laughs> <laughs> and, and um for anyone that was wondering why we started yelling, uh, she's my cherry pie, <laughs> there is this um, beautiful man. He gets brought out in like Hannibal Lecter. Mask and straight jacket and all gets pushed out on like a dolly by these guys. And I'm like, oh my God, what's happening? And then he, like, he gets out and he's all like just mysterious. And then he, like, goes up on stage, takes his mask off, and he just starts like. Ripping things off and starts like Cue spraying, the music. She's the, my cherry pie. pie. Starts like spraying with it's a whole magic mike esque it thing going on. It, and he took his mask off and I was like, and he's hot. Yes, yes. It was it was a good show. So the second day we
0: Ate breakfast all together, oh, right? Did we eat did breakfast. eat breakfast together. Oh, that
1: breakfast was so good. And
0: then me and Haley got, because we were VIPs, early admissions to the vendor room, which means you could go walk around, buy things without all of the weekend passers just crowding you. So that was actually the coolest part and the, my favorite time to be in the vendor room, but it was only 30 minutes. And we had to get to our our celebrity experience, our one yeah. chosen celebrity experience. Each of us chose one celebrity to gawk over for the whole weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so, we went to uh the vendor that sold uh signs for like movies, like posters and stuff. Movie posters, yeah. And so what I I bought a Scream movie poster, one of the like original um like the first Scream. <laughs> And um, so I got one of those, and I was like, "I'm gonna have Roger L. Jackson sign this," who is the voice of Ghostface. And Haley bought a Repo poster, which gives you a hint of who she might have seen. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> um, uh, so we went to go see Roger L. Jackson first because his line was starting to lengthen up, and they started letting in the normies. So. I um jumped in that line I jumped in the line I was I was probably the third person to meet Roger L. Jackson in the whole convention so um I I got a autograph on my poster and a few selfies of me being a fucking dork and I didn't know what to say and like
1: it was entertaining to watch you because I was just like, oh, she's so she's so nervy right now. I feel like
0: I've never fangirled over someone like that like in the flesh like. <laughs> next to them <laughs> and like that was probably like personally my highlight of my oh yeah my trip was meeting my celebrity i only chose one because the celebrity stuff is like expensive and i didn't know like a lot about all the other ones like i knew of them but not like oh my gosh i love you like yeah. i've seen all of the all the screen movies mm-hmm. and like my dad showed me the screen movies like I've, I have, like, a nostalgia connection to Scream movies, so that's why the Roger L. Jackson was like, I have to. Mm-hmm. And so then um we went to Haley's person of choice, which was obviously Bill Mosley. Bill Moseley. <laughs> I,
1: I was a little bit of fangirl after that, even though, like, I wasn't, like, fangirling at all until <laughs> it came to actually talking to this person. And I was just like, <sighs> don't don't ever don't pass out,, please don't pass out, don't be, don't cool, cool, be cool, be cool, be cool, yeah, really seriously, be cool, I was like, make an impression, please, <laughs> which um, I don't think I did, no, but <laughs> I don't think I did with Roger either, so i I'm just some girl that that just like <sighs> oh, hi <laughs> I was like, I'm trying not to pass out, he's like, you're doing good, <laughs> I was like. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Trying to breathe. So, like, in his movies, he's just like this (laughs) awful human being. Yeah. But I love him. He's great. And he. the little bags that he has to give out to people it's like these cute little pumpkins like kid friendly (laughs) and it's like like, trick-or-treat
0: bags that you would buy your kids like reusable trick-or-treat bags
1: like little trick-or-treat bags and it's like the cute little like kid pumpkins like (laughs) animated it's like always check your candy like just like the basics little like don't go out by yourself have your parents check your candy yeah it was like cute little psa's and i'm and i looked at him and i was like I, I literally I told him I was like I was like your characters are always so gruesome and everything and then you give me this cute little bag and he was like I know and then on the back it says like um it has like all of his socials and ads or whatever and then it says uh believe in the boogeyman because you just met him or something like that and I'm like
0: Okay there you go there right. we are <laughs> there it is <laughs> But yeah no he was a cool guy he's he's,
1: he's
0: he's he's the epitome of sugar and spice and everything nice Basically, the rest of that day we went to workshops about a bunch of different stuff. So, the first workshop we did was historical gruesome murders, mm-hmm. um, and this historian and this horror writer got together basically and wrote these three books about these three specific people. I don't remember their all three of their it names, was, uh, but one was the
1: it was the Madame Lollerie, yes. and then there was missouri murders yes and then there was another one about that doctor guy yes
0: yeah so there there, she had written these three books the the historian was like i she wrote it up and then she gave it to her horror writer friend to kind of gore it up Haley won a book from i did they played a game their workshop was probably the one i liked the best
1: yeah me too
0: um because i mean it was basically like one of our episodes (laughs)
1: literally like like when they were talking i looked back at Catherine and i was like why is that us?" yeah (laughs) like they were they
0: were they were really funny and they were personable um and they talked about creepy stuff that we talk about all the time Mm -hmm. on all of our episodes we mentioned to them that we have a spooky podcast and they said that they'd be willing to come on the podcast to talk about stuff anytime Mm -hmm. and so we might have them on as guests sometime soon hopefully maybe yeah. and then um we went to the american horror story dantes inferno, dante's inferno like theory. conspiracy theory yeah. i guess
1: this girl who did a whole bunch of fucking research and um it basically there's the dantes inferno theory that that's how all of the american horror story seasons are connected mm-hmm. which it all makes sense and she was looking for a way To really put this information out there, Mm -hmm.
0: so maybe she could jump onto our podcast. Um, and then our last one was a podcast workshop,
1: but they were talking about like tips and tricks and whatever for podcast essentials. Yes,
0: the but these people have been podcasters for nine years. Years, yeah. So, like, uh, the accumulation between all three of them is. Decades of knowledge, I guess, if you kind of count it that way. I kind of felt like I was being broed out on about podcasts, though. So I, <laughs> I was less likely to like want to listen to a bunch of bros talking about podcast stuff. Like I'd like to have had a girl or two on the podcast panel. Anyway, so we went to a podcast workshop, and that was fun. And then the last day was pretty chill, which was Sunday, mm-hmm. um, because the con is over like half day, halfway through that day, like at five o'clock. So. We went through the shop one more time. Found more things to spend money on. Mm-hmm. We we pet a kangaroo. We saw a snake. Oh, and I saw with my eyes. I did not touch a baby alligator. I did hold a mantis bug thing that had hooky hands on it. It looked
1: like a leaf. <laughs> it
0: looked like leaves. Mm-hmm. Sa- Sunday was kind of a hodgepodge. We had this thing called um, VIP Celebrity Brunch. Which they gave us free breakfast. And they promised the celebrities would be there. And... I'm not saying there were no celebrities there. But we did have a few um, other VIPs with us. And we mildly chatted. M- mainly about beverages. Manly, yeah, mainly so, about who's going to get these extra oranges. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got to watch a little 15-minute Im- um, improv. improv show. And that was basically all of brunch. Then we went and spent more money at the shops. Which was pretty much... The sh- I think the shops were like... A game for everyone, like, normies to, like, horror, con- horror. Oh, yeah. you, know, you know, everyone loved them. Everyone who loves who went, loved the shops. They had such pretty art, so many cute little, little art things that people make, like, creepy art things. It's just so cool, and mm-hmm. I was, like, feeling very cluttered, though, so I felt really bad stopping and looking and then not buying something. Right. So I would, like walk really fast and like stare down <laughs> at the tables
1: <laughs> 10 out of 10
0: I recommend yeah totally if you guys have a local horror convention or if you're in the Seattle area when horror convention happens when crypticon happens it's usually around May um, if you're in Seattle area check out your local crypticon <laughs> and if you aren't there's always a horror convention near you I'm sure of it unless you live in the middle of nowhere then you might have to drive a little bit to your nearest city So that was Crypticon with us, we're going to get you some spooks soon. Thank you for sitting through if you guys did not care about the the horror convention. Stay safe, the world's a better place with you in it, and we will see you in your nightmares. A very special thank you to the authors of these stories. Their Reddit handles or social media tags will be in the description along with links to their stories.
1: My sister, who is a sober person with no history of mental illness, was 26 at the time of this experience. It was a beautiful, sunny day, and she was going to go visit her horses at a local stable in the mountains. The road to get there is windy and goes for about 10 minutes with with a cliff on one side and ravine on the other. As she turned a blind corner, she saw a woman in the correct lane driving a minivan, and passing the lady in the minivan coming in my sister's lane head on was a man in a pink Corvette. My sister had mere seconds before the car hit her. It was cliff on one side, so she didn't want to go over there. There was a mountain on the other side and she did not want to kill the lady in the minivan, which she thought she would have if she turned into the mountainside. My sister was driving a Volvo and thought maybe she might live since they are very good in head-on accidents. So she slammed on her brakes and looked the guy in the eyes and closed her eyes just as his car was about to hit hers. She said her whole life flashed before her eyes, but then she kept breathing, so she opened them. The man was gone. She screeched to a halt shortly thereafter, turned and saw the lady in the minivan had stopped, and the woman motioned and called out for her to drive back and meet at the next turnout. When she turned her car around at the next turnabout, she was shaken badly, but she made it back over to the woman in the minivan. The woman had a small girl in the seat next to her. The woman driving said the guy in the Corvette had been tailgating her down the mountain the whole time. She had pulled over several times to let him pass her, but each time he had not passed. He had waited for my sister to pass illegally. The woman had kept her eyes open, thinking she was going to have to report a fatality that was happening to the cops. She said the guy literally just disappeared along with his car. The little girl in the car with her was very insistent, asking Mommy, where did the stranger man go? This only happened a few days after my sister had asked for God to prove his or her existence to her. I find the timing on that experience to be very interesting, and my sister is faithful to this day. Also of interest, the mountain upon which this happened, Mount Umnamhum, in San Jose is known to all the local Native American tribes as a sacred mountain. There have been numerous spiritual experiences there that people cannot explain. When I was 17 years old, my friend and I had a really fun Saturday. She had a convertible Volkswagen and we would drive around playing music and talking. We are still friends and have always had really good talks about the paranormal and universe, etc., even as teens. I have actually always been intuitive and had paranormal interactions as as has she. Anyway, she ended up coming to my house and I am the oldest of five kids. My bedroom was actually a breezeway that people would walk through to get to the garage, basement, and laundry room. So usually if a friend slept over, we slept in the TV room, which had two sliding glass doors into the dining room. If you walked through the dining room, you would get to the kitchen, there was a wall, so you couldn't see if anyone was sitting at the kitchen table until you walked in. It was the 90s, so we didn't have cell phones, so no alarm. And there was a clock that chimed on the hour in that TV room. The clock chimed, and we both woke up on the, t- on the two couches and talked for a few minutes about our Sunday plan. Some of our friends had mentioned wanting to go to the beach, so we figured we would go call them. The clock said 8am when it chimed. We got up and walked into the kitchen but no one was awake. Four small kids and two parents just still asleep at 8am wouldn't have made sense. So we look at the clock in there and it says 6.30am. Okay, maybe the clock in the TV room was wrong. We both go and lie back down talking for a few and then we decide to go back to sleep and wake up and call our friends about the beach later. We wake up this time because my sister comes in the room excited to see my friend. We hear the two sliding glass doors open, and she comes in, waking us up loudly. So we trudge into the kitchen, and my mother and father are sitting, looking tired, and they say, sorry they woke up so early today, and we kept her out as long as we could. She's been up since 5 a.m. I look quickly to the clock, and it's 6.15 a.m. I am so confused, but then sometimes I have lucid dreams and very vivid dreams. So I assume I dreamt the thing before. We chat for a few minutes and I asked my friend if she was ready to call our friends and she says, uh, no, I have to go and she leaves in a hurry. When I called her later to check in because I thought maybe something happened, she said, you're going to think I'm crazy, but... And she proceeded to tell me exactly what I experienced she had experienced and I laughed and explained I had the same thing happen and thought I had just been lucid dreaming. We are now almost 40 and we still talk about that day and theorize on why and how it happened to both of us. We haven't told any people because when we did our friends thought we made it up and our families just said we probably smoked too much pot. But we know that some sort of glitch happened and it's led to where I am today.
0: My mother used to cry herself to sleep on our old couch every night. I heard it from my bedroom upstairs and it always made me sad. I didn't understand her worry about fu- food, bills, water, keeping me safe. After all, I was just a kid. Yes, our house was poorly constructed row home that, last week, had the roof of my bedroom fall in from a rainstorm. Yes, we barely had enough food to f- for the two of us each day, and would sometimes survive off lentil soup. Yes, there were countless debt collectors calling her day and night, while my mother refused each call but we had each other and I was happy. Why wasn't she loved that? I slept in her bed because of the roof, lentil soup and her ringtone. I never had a problem with any of it except for her crying. So I wanted to help at age seven. I had enough of her being sad and I wanted her to see her smile for a change. I would be the adult today and make breakfast. So I woke up super early and crept downstairs, being sure that I was quiet to keep mom sleeping soundly on the couch. In the kitchen, I made what I knew, eggs, orange juice, and oatmeal. We had just enough left for us, only enough juice for mommy. This food would make me smile, so I was sure it would too. Proud of myself for watching her cook these things for special occasions, I sprinkled more happy seasoning onto the oatmeal and put it on a plate with the cold orange juice in a glass on the table. And the eggs, though a little burnt, were scrambled on a pile beside it, the only way I knew. I made the same for me right next to her, and she was going to love it. When I woke her to the surprise, she was happy. She smiled, really smiled, and sat to eat. She thanked me repeatedly and told me how I was being such a good girl and that she really needed this. We ate breakfast happily, finishing each and every bite. When Mother finished, we put our dishes in the sink, and I noticed her empty pill bottle labeled tricylic antidepressant lying on the counter. Uh, what's this? What happened to Mommy's pills? I said, Oh, don't worry, Mommy, I grinned. I know you take those to make you happy, and I wanted to make you extra happy today, so I mixed the rest with your breakfast. The rest, she stammered with her eyes widened. Baby, there were 30 pills left. And now you'll be 30 times happier, I gleamed when I went in for a hug. She pushed me away, and her knees shook. Mother wavered at the counter for a moment before falling into a lump on the ground. Her eyes closed and her chest unmoving, but her lips formed a small smile. Are you happy now, Mommy? Last night, around 10 p.m., my boyfriend and I were sitting in the living room trying to figure out what movie to watch on Amazon Prime. We have a video surveillance camera everywhere outside, two that point to the front door at different angles, and one for the backyard, and one for the side of the house. The monitor screen is kept in the living room on the table next to the recliner that I was sitting in. I sat down, not even for five minutes, and I heard a voice of a child come over the monitor. The voice said, hello. I thought I, I, thought to myself for a minute, fuck, does my son have his bedroom window open and yelling through his window for some reason? And the camera's picking it up because the camera's next to his bedroom window. Then I remembered, no, it can't be because he was sleeping in my bed. I called up to him and he answered. I looked at the monitor and I see a man who appeared to be very tall. He was wearing a red and white flannel shirt. He was holding a little girl's hand, and she looked like she had striped long sleeves with frizzy blonde hair. They were walking up the steps to get into our entryway, and I turned to my boyfriend and said, Somebody's here. We live in the middle of absolute nowhere. We live by a swamp. My closest neighbors are bears and coyotes and a couple Amish houses about a mile down the road or so. There are never any people... Or at least I know of that go walking on our streets in pitch black night with no streetlights on a back road at, at 10 p.m. at night. It seems so strange to us. Just the man and the girl get to our front door and my boyfriend opens the door and they were gone. Not a single trace or sign of them. My boyfriend goes outside by the road to see if he could see any cars. There's nothing. We thought maybe we, they were having car trouble and stop for help. But there were no sign of that being a possibility. I let the dog outside and my boyfriend went outside with a flashlight. But nothing was there. We watched the camera footage and the people coming to the door were never recorded. We reviewed the camera footage and saw that nothing that looked or sounded like that. We don't even know people that look like that or have anybody who could have possibly come over that looks like that. My boyfriend does not believe in ghosts, but... Seeing that we had no explanation for it, I think he kind of changed his mind. We've lived in this house for four years and I personally have never experienced anything until last night. My boyfriend admitted that one night while I was at work, he saw something moving in the yard, but thought it was an animal, but went to look and nothing was there. But my son's tire swing was swinging back and forth like crazy. My son has been complaining the past few nights that he doesn't like to sleep in his bed because it sounds like something's crawling under his bed and his bed shakes. The original part of the house was built in the 1800s and was used as an old schoolhouse. The addition to make the house bigger was put onto the house 20 years ago. The old schoolmaster used to live across the street in a house that's no longer there. I talked to my boyfriend today and we both said what really happened was weird and we've come to terms with it probably being a ghost sighting. I know I'm not crazy because I saw them and I heard the voice too. I've seen many ghosts in my lifetime and I wonder what took me so long to see one here. What bothers me is that it seemed like they wanted to get my attention and it makes me feel very uneasy. A few days leading up to this, I would sit in the living room and just feel overwhelming dread and terrible anxiety after seeing them. I don't want to feel any of that anymore. So it was 2008 or 2009, I can't remember exactly. It was around the time that the USA was phasing out antenna TVs and there was a huge push to get a digital converter box. I'm sure lots of you remember this. So like many people, my family only had cable in the living room and all of our other TVs, including the one in my bedroom needed converter boxes. Converter boxes finally come and I'm tasked with hooking them up in my room and my parents' room and my sister's room. I get them all hooked up all as well the first day. The next day I noticed periodically my TV would get a large black box that would appear perfectly centered in the TV and would take out about 70 to 60% of the screen. All anyone could see was the outer border and this would happen multiple times a day and would only happen with my TV with my converter box. My parents didn't want to go through the hassle of replacing it so I just dealt with it. fine. Months go by and my best friend would come over and hang out and we'd play video games and watch TV daily. So he's also seen the strange box that appears on the TV multiple times daily. Now the news is on and I remember it was some interview with Reverend Al Sharpton. I don't recall exactly what it was about, but my friend and I both disagreed and were acting obnoxiously and talking general shit about Al Sharpton and whatever he was harping about. It's immediately after the black box takes over the screen, except this time with white letters in all caps and the box reads SHUT UP with at least 8 exclamation points. We are both stunned and immediately stare in silence at the screen. It wasn't subtitles. It wasn't closed captioning. It wasn't a hallucination. Someone somehow inserted those letters on my screen at the exact moment on purpose. Who was it? What the purpose is, I have never known. It's drove me crazy about thinking about it all these years. The message stayed on the screen for at least two full minutes and then just disappeared. This was a catalyst for both of us to start our own journey. All things strange, less conspiracy. I've never read anything similar happening to anyone else. We tore apart the converter box later that night, looking for any kind of transmitter device or microphone, but couldn't find anything of the sort. Of course, we had no experience with those things. So it's entirely possible there was something that we missed. I put the box together and plugged it back in, just waiting and hoping another message or something would have come up, but it never did. Neither of us have ever forgotten about it, though, and we wish we could have known why it happens. We are Wendy and Beth, and we host the podcast Fruit Loop Serial Killers of Color. Tell the people about the show, Wendy. Well, happy to. As you might have guessed by now, our show focuses on serial killers of color. We decided to make this the focus of our show because most of the podcasts that we listen to focused on white serial killers, also male, cisgender, hetero serial killers. And we thought the space could use a little spice, a little diversity. Yeah, and we believe that the victim stories are important. Many of the victims are also BIPOC folks, and the media just doesn't focus on these people. We also get plenty of opportunities to discuss race, race relations, systemic oppression, policing, history and culture. We learn something new every day and we hope that you do too. Join us as we tell the fascinating stories of these crimes that often go untold by the mainstream media. Subscribe or download Fruit Loop Serial Killers of Color now on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean or wherever you get your podcasts. Look alive y'all, it's crazy out there.